0: removed vaginas are a little bit more forgivable.
1: This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned.
2: Today's episode is The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Latest Movie Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata and I am your gracious host. Alongside me the wet wild sudsy swirling midichlorian laden Justin Waddell. Justin, how are you doing today?
0: I'm okay. I woke up with a little bit of uh, um uh-oh. Some congestion.
2: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I guess that answers my next question. What? Are you dodging COVID?
0: <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. It might just be dust mites. You never know. Maybe yeah. some allergies kicking up.
2: Yeah, but are the dust mites dodging COVID? <laughs> That's a good question.
0: Yeah. I have no idea. How about you? Are you out there dodging?
2: I'm dodging like a fucking sweet one. Yeah. You know, I got my shit on a swivel. I'm like, uh, man, it was funny because I, uh, I was at the Publix the other day, I think Friday. I was in the frozen foods aisle and COVID rolled up like a Dakar droid
0: and and tried to unload onto me. And? dodged that's what i'm saying is it's getting harder out there to dodge covid yeah i made my saving throw and um i don't know if i'm up to the task a little out of shape closing in on 50 i don't have the reflexes i used to you know but you seem confident you seem like you you yeah
2: oh yeah i mean you know and i'm I'm, you know i'm risking it i'm out there got a lot Mm. of responsibilities that involve me you know maturating out into the wild right you know I just, I'm just, you know, I got my mask. I got my wits about me. I got a big uh, can of uh, industrial strength Windex.
0: Yeah. Everything I need. Yeah, that is good. So you, you you, take the Windex with you and just wipe down surfaces. Is that what you're saying?
2: No, no. I, I saw a movie where I- What bring, about uh,
0: MacBook Pros? Are those two?
2: I, I saw a movie that told me that that was the cure for everything.
0: So I just been- One of are my favorite talking,
2: one of are my talking, movies.
0: <laughs> are you bringing up already- my big fat Greek wedding. Yes. Oh my goodness. And I will not name a number, so don't worry, we're safe. Did you ever treat yourself to the sequel that came out over no. a decade later? I think no. You didn't dip back in? No. Although I did one of the first
2: interviews with uh, the two leads of that movie when they Nina, were, what's her name? Vardalos. Yeah, she's like a writer and a director. Writer and then Jim actor. Corbett, or is it Jim Corbett? John yeah. Corbett. John Corbett. Yeah, I did those too. They were proud of themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Um glad I did it. Glad I used that time Pro- produced by Tom Hanks's uh wife, Rita, Rita Wilson, you know. And, and imagine I imagine Tom Hanks was in there helping produce. I don't know, was he? Was his name on the credits? I don't think so. I think he was out
2: there doing his, you know, being a successful actor. I don't
0: know.
2: He wanted no part of that. He's like, "Yeah, you just pursue your cute little side thing." It's not
0: true. I think he later directed a movie that that woman wrote the woman that wrote um, my big fat Greek wedding, the star. Okay. Remember he, he did some movie where he was like some guy that went back to college. Julia Roberts was in it. Oh, that Larry crown. Yeah. I think she wrote that as well.
2: I never saw that. Cause I try not to see movies that are called Larry crown.
0: <laughs> it featured a pre Freddie Mercury, Rami Malik, in this. Hopefully they were, they were playing
2: him to type. As a freakishly looking person, his career is on the upswing. Nick, let's zoom in. Okay, so guys, it's the movie microscope. It's a show where we zoom in, we watch a film through the specter of time, and we cataclysmically chastise ourselves through the rainbow, and we drip down into the into the ether, and we are molecularized, and we we watch a film with a set of super eyes. <laughs> yep, and when uh, we've watched it. We, we, we hover above each other and determine which moments make or break, and we share them with the likes of you. So if we were talking about below her mouth. We wouldn't be talking about the scene where Natalie Krill invents a unicycle during a 69 event. And it gets me hard just thinking about it. And she rides that unicycle out of the room post-set. We talk about the little moments. Of which there are a super ton in today's movie, Justin. What's it called? The Wolf
0: of Snow Hollow. A recent film. Yeah, it came out this year, Nick. This is a 2020 movie, I believe. If you can believe that we're doing something so recent. Yeah, I have. Uh, it was, I, I, it was a movie listened. released during the COVID days. Yep. Mm-hmm. Although it was obviously filmed quite a while ago. I don't know, about quite a while ago. Well, Robert night, was alive. 2019. <laughs> well, he just died. Few months ago, right? He died like the week after. I mean, the Breaking Bad movie came out. Maybe he died before. Did he, maybe I can't exactly. No, he
2: remember. died like the week after that came out. Did he? Yeah, or like the day after it came out.
0: I wanted to get back to the movie you mentioned, but below her mouth. Yeah, never heard of it. Please give me a little. It's an erotic film. Okay, uh, I haven't seen it, <laughs> but you know who stars in it? Natalie Krill in this. <laughs> Who is, who is Natalie? Is it like a, a Cinemax-like type? No, it's a, it's a foreign film. It's actually, I think, critically acclaimed.
2: But it was funny because I see that. I'm scrolling through in hotels, and mm-hmm. I see that movie. Or I'm at home, and I'm scrolling through DirecTV, and I see that movie's name. And I am I get it mixed up with the movie that I think Guillermo produced or something. Yeah. What, didn't he do a movie called, like, Blow Her Eyes or Blow Her Mouth or Into the Woods with Her Face or something?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So. Below her mouth is like a movie that you'd have to. I'd be like, can you be more specific? You know, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot below that area. Yeah. Um. Maybe it's talking about her, you know her hip or her, her you know big toe. Episode or... three hundred and one. <laughs> At least you put it far into the distance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to do an erotic film. I wouldn't have mind have minded if you bumped that up. A few notches. Well, you know
2: what's funny is I was scrolling through the stuff that was on sale on iTunes, I believe, or mm-hmm. just through iTunes. I'm sorry, through Apple. whatever you call
0: it? Apple. Apple whatever. TV Plus or Apple whatever. Plus? Yeah. And uh, I forgot they did a sequel to Nine and a Half Weeks. I think I kind of remember. This, this is true, right? They actually did. Mickey Rourke <sighs> and Angie Everhart. Oh shit! Mickey Rourke came back, so he just he switched out leading ladies. Is that what's what happened? Angie Everhart. Well, we have to do it. I mean. <laughs> we should definitely do them back to back. Yeah. I, I remember watching Nine and a Half Weeks. And the only thing I remember watching from it was their refrigerator scene. Remember, they're like feeding each other food out of the refrigerator. Yeah. And some of it winds up in her. I, I don't know. I can't remember it. No, I think it's just they're smearing on, smearing it on each other. He's got cool Whip, popsicles. It's Kim. it's Kim Basinger, yeah? Eggs.
2: Throws a hot pocket on her belly. (laughs) He sprinkles green beans all over her hair. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like Lego my ego. And he looks down and sure enough, he's got his grip
0: going out. He keeps like, he takes string cheese and he just kind of whips it across her her thigh. And and he keeps going, is this, this is hot, right? This is, this is hot. And then he, right. does, he 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 sprinkles a whole bunch of sesame seeds
2: down her back and does a line like Coke, just snorts the sesame seeds off her back.
0: <laughs> right, and uh, yeah, he does. I mean, you know how like your your uncle used to pull a coin out of her your ear? Yeah, he does that with a broccoli.
2: Right, and you he know? does a swirly with his own juices and some magic shell, and it hardens on her
0: nipples. <laughs> I meant Brussels sprouts, not broccoli. I flipped them. I flipped them. Yeah. My punchline would have been so better, so much better, but then you killed it (laughs) with magic shell. Did you ever mistakenly put magic shell in the fridge? Oh yeah. Ruins it. Yeah. Yeah. You think it'd be, You think you'd have to put it in there.
2: Ruins it. You know, what's funny is they'd really be onto something if they could find something that hardens on ice cream and tastes good. (laughs)
0: I'm here for it. I'm here for Magic Shell getting taken out. Um, I did have one more thing to bring up about the fridge. I cannot remember it though. All right, let's move on. Starting linebacker for the Bears. Oh, back in the day, you're right. Hey, what's your.
2: <laughs> how were you introduced to this
0: film? Well, I like the guy. He did a movie called Thunder Road that came out a few years ago that got a lot of, a, like, kind of a critical attention, played some festivals about a cop who was having. Uh, he lost his mother and then he has like a nervous breakdown and it's just a very strange movie. And he, his performance is very strange. Sounds huh? familiar. It does. And so I, I like that movie a lot and it has, it does have a lot in common with this movie. So this say this guy named Jim, Jim Cummings, he's a writer, director, actor, and, uh, plays a cop in this movie has a daughter just like he did in Thunder Road, uh, an ex wife. And he's, uh, He's an alcoholic in this one with anger issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a little different um, Different issues, but it's very similar. Very yeah, this similar this
2: film has a very unique tone to it, 100% because of his character and the way he plays him.
0: Exactly. So it's funny because it's kind of a ripoff, a little bit of his previous film, but, I mean, those film, these films aren't like any other movie, so he's allowed to kind of rip off himself. Why not? You know, it's funny. We had this bizarre like new
2: breed of auteurs and filmmakers that are out there that I wouldn't say are a hundred percent effective in delivering crowd pleasing, wholly successful stuff, but guys like, what is it? Mason, Macon Blair and him. Right. And, um, uh, there's some like, there's a handful of these guys, uh, the guys that did the endless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're interesting. They, I don't know if they, if they have the, what it takes to become the, like the next big names, but i really like this crop of people that are doing their own thing sort of on the on the on the smaller side. He seems to fit into that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and i love that movie The Endless by the way. Those guys are interesting. They actually do have a bigger budgeted movie coming out soon with uh, Anthony Mackie. They have did in June, right? Or whatever that April, right? They did do that. It's a spring. It's called Spring. Spring, that's right. It was a It's it was a good good monster movie, but they do have a Anyway, this guy though, he this movie i i did a little back <laughs> I did a little research on it because we talked about the budget of it when we talked earlier and he only had 2 million to make this. And I think it looks pretty good for, um, and that's another reason he says he stars in this movie is because he's not really an actor, uh, by trade, but he said, if I could, if, if, you know, like, um, an actor came up and wanted to be in it, like Sam Rockwell, he would love it, but he doesn't have any money. So Uh, there's a word for that. He's in it. There's a word for that. What?
2: Horseshit.
0: You think he wants to be that?
2: Absolutely,
0: actor? he wants to be everywhere. <laughs> I kind of believe it, but I kind of don't. I kind of agree with you. I want to. I'd I'd want to be on screens too.
2: Because when you watch what? the beginning of this film, the opening credits, his name shows up a lot, and
0: his name is. Do we say it yet? Jim Cummings. You did. You did. And you like saying that name? Sure. I live in Cummings, so I don't. Even, I give up. That's why I asked. Not because I was trying to get pervy, but. You do live in a place called Cummings, Georgia. Cummings, singular. Well, yeah. Let's let's be honest. Let's let's just put let's put an S on it. Right. Cummings, Georgia. Okay. Um, did you have trouble moving there because you knew that the kids would make fun of you? No, because I was a grown up when I moved here. And no I matter what the kids say.
2: Yeah, um, I'm over it. I lived in Alpharetta for such a long time, which is a dumb name as well.
0: Do you get a you giggle every time you get mail? I giggle just because I'm a, I'm a cheerful fellow. <laughs> yeah. But I don't, I mean. Who else is in this movie, Nick? Bob Forrester. Mm-hmm. The great Robert Forrester. Ricky Lindholm. Do you know her? I've seen her before. She's in a, a, a kind of a comedy musical act, a duo called Garfunkel and Oats. Okay. Pretty yeah. funny. And then you get this guy named Zim, Jimmy... Uh, T- Tatro, I think is his name, or Tatro. He was in a show called American Vandal on Netflix, which is really good.
2: There's somebody with a great name in this movie.
0: you talking about the production designer named Charlie Texter.
2: No, I'm talking about the one that we all know and love, Skyler Bible. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> Are you serious? Yep. What character?
2: Officer Gutierrez.
0: Huh. Yeah, he's got a he's got a couple of people on the squad. Sky,
2: Skylar Bible I like Jimmy Tetra if I remember correctly
0: Yeah he plays the boyfriend At the beginning that loses his Fiance um, yeah, I like, him, fiance in, I in like a, him a lot in this movie His would be fiance in a very harsh way
2: <laughs> <laughs> Not the It's the first but certainly not the last movie Where somebody l- gets their vagina taken out On the movie right. microscope
0: Yeah they talk about how her uh, This character's vagina was removed Right um. Anyway, so let's talk ab- about how this movie starts off. Nick, why don't you give? And by us the way, uh, to paraphrase Leo, when I heard that her vagina got removed, they had my interest. <laughs> now they have my attention. Um. So how does it? How, how does this movie kick off? Well, I mean,
2: it kicks off, and uh, it's a, it's a couple. A guy's about to pop the chair, uh, pop the question with his girlfriend. Like they're they're. You know the old the old standard of a, of a young couple kind of going on a little vacation to kind of mm-hmm. you know get some some quiet time together, and mm-hmm. uh, he's going to propose, and she uh, she is super attached to her vagina, right? And then uh, then they then they, uh, they have a little cabin out there, a little ski resort area. Of this town, mm-hmm. A little cabin out there. They go to a nice little dinner, getting a bit of an altercation. Uh, he drinks rosé wine, which blew me away. Why did it blow you away? Because it's just not what I would expect to see a gentleman drinking. Like you expected a beer. I don't know. I expected maybe like a nice big red, like bold red, but not a rosé. For Christ's sakes.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, they're at a small town bar. Like he, you know, they're they're on this this romantic getaway, and the. This guy overhears one of the townsfolk say something inappropriate and starts a um, uh, a war of words with him. Right, but tension, no
2: tension erupts.
0: Tension erupts, but they don't come to blows. And uh, they, you know, the, the couple head back to their um, their little getaway, this little house, little yeah. bed and breakfast. I don't know what it is. That's
2: exactly what it is. It's like a little cutie. And yeah,
0: there's a hot tub there look pretty comfortable it's cold where they you know where they are is very cold it's you know there's snow everywhere but yeah. this hot tub hot tub hot tub hot tub is um just chilling amongst the snow have you ever dipped into a hot tub when it's surrounded yes. by wintry things yeah of course like where at a at a, at a mountain lodge
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah you get you get what it does is it keeps you warm does hot tubs are germ factories, right? Is that kind of the I don't know. Kind of yeah, isn't that kind of is it is kind of dangerous in a hot tub? Lots I don't of, uh, I I don't like what he you... conspiracy theory? What what's going on? I think it's newsmax. Watching newsmax on me? Got my eyes glued to it. Um I I yeah, I just heard tell. Is this true? I, I maybe we should look this up. Well, if, is you this have, a, if you have I mean, your own Hot tub, and you're the only one using it. You and yours
2: share them germs. Who cares? You know, I'm not getting with right. some stranger's goddamn hot tub.
0: Yeah. Are you looking up germ factory? Yes, I am. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna do Google hot tub germs. I'll tell you one thing. I think it's the hotel hot tubs that are just, you know, have a ton of germs on them.
2: All I know is uh, my friend, uh, who you know, Jeff. We used to go to his uh, his late his beach house every year for a couple of weeks at a time. And we would spend some serious time in that hot tub with your friend. It was like a handful of guys sitting there having a drink and a smoke, and just hanging out, talking to each other. It didn't it? Didn't you know? It didn't evolve? did fine. Didn't, we didn't. It didn't
0: become like the breeders, you know. Um, waterborne germs. It says the breeding ground for dangerous germs that can make you violently ill. I guess that means make you poop a lot, probably. Yeah, you, you haven't lost me. I'm listening.
2: Um. <laughs> And our boy, Steve Murphy, is totally scared of the lake amoeba. Oh, yeah, yeah. Super scared of it.
0: The one that gets in your brain or goes up your...
2: No, in the brain, yeah. It kills your brain Yeah, it's a tough one, yeah. Yeah, some people, like one or two people die a year from it, I think, or maybe more. Oh, man, yeah. But it ain't going to keep me from going out there and having a great time, you know? Mm Mm-mm. No, you you water ski? What do you do out there? I've water skied a few times in my life, Mm. but I just like, like, like nature's ass. I like getting in it
0: uh one time i when i was young i was trying to learn to water ski and i grabbed i was grabbing the thing to get pulled up by the boat but i never worked i could never get up on the it's hard on the skis and so i over i don't know what i did but i i it it just wrecked my muscles you know i couldn't grip anymore and so they kept trying to get me to do it but i couldn't even grip the thing and they started making fun of me and said i was weak (laughs)
2: My biggest problem was keeping my legs from crossing, you know, when I'm being That's nah, all right. But I I never had I, I never was lucky enough to have wealthy
0: friends that w- took me water skiing. Me neither. It was like one of the few times I were And never, I to now come to think of it, I don't think I ever successfully water skied my entire life. Well, this is um, going to be a renaissance. You're going to have you're going to be a late bloomer. I am thinking about buying a kayak.
2: Kayaks are great. Uh, mine's been used twice. You have one? Yeah, I've had one for like five years. It's been out twice. What color? Orange, of course. Although I'm one of red. the most one of the most zen moments of my entire life happened on it. Seriously. Okay. I took it to uh, Lake Lanier, which is a giant lake here in, in in Georgia, and I was by myself. And I had um, I had some fishing gear, and I had my little waterproof thing. I had a little cigar, my phone, all that. And I was in this kayak, and normally Lake Lina is super dangerous. It's actually one of the most dangerous lakes in the country for deaths and drownings and all that. Okay. And there's a lot of boats that aren't paying attention. So it's sort of dumb for a guy to be out with a kayak. And usually you just stay around the edge of the water. But there was nobody out there because it was overcast. and I, So I went out to the middle of the damn lake, and a deluge came. So I am in the middle of the lake, and rain is just coming down. In, I couldn't hear. All you can hear was the rain. It was so beautiful. I mean, the way I was just out there, I mean, it's already soaking wet, so it didn't matter. But the the, the lack of sound, you know, like, have you ever um, parasailed before? No. Okay. Well, once you go up there, when you get to a certain height, sound goes away. And Mm -hmm. you're just up there and you're looking down and you can't hear anything. That's what this was like. And with the rain everywhere, and I'm in the middle of this lake and it just felt, it was transcendent. You loved it. I loved it. I, I stayed out there for like an hour just, you know, and, and the way that my kayak was, I wasn't have to I didn't have to worry about it getting filled with water and being in trouble yeah. or anything like that. But man, it was great. And then I and then I eventually went <laughs> when I got to shore, getting it out of the water filled with all the water in it was not the easiest thing. It was I'm very sure, heavy. But yeah, I, I would I would recommend Anybody to try that if they ever get a chance, provided. How do you uh,
0: do? You have How do you just put the kayak on top of your? How, do you have an attachment? How do you get? No, it, if it fits. If well, I used to have uh,
2: an Equinox, and I would just put down the, the passenger seat, and then I would just it would fit all the you way. have the kayak in there. And my new car is super long. I have three rows of seats, and, a and You could
0: do that, yeah. yeah. So I could put a kayak and another kayak and you in it. But um, you should put you should put a kayak in the passenger seat. Put your arm around it. <laughs> Yeah. Do you ever get one? Do you ever was your kayak an actual like plastic, or did it you blow it up? Because sometimes you can blow up a kayak. My friend ha- has a blow
2: up one. He loves it, but then it blew it blew away. It exploded on him.
0: <laughs>
2: he was bragging on it. I was almost bought it. I was on Amazon, and then it became unavailable. He was always bragging on this thing, how easy it is, and then it blew up while he was on it. He's he survived, but yeah, I got nope. a hard, I've got a hard one. Zoom <laughs> in. I wish. Can could, could we just talk about kayaks? <laughs>
0: no. So this is a movie that you and I both liked, but it's hard to talk about. So, like, so we talked about the beginning. They're in oh, the hot did tub. You buy it or rent it? I rented it. So, folks, if you want to watch
2: this movie, it could be rented or purchased on iTunes for up to fourteen dollars.
0: Yeah, it was on sale a couple weeks ago, so I imagine it would go back down to nine ninety nine soon. And there are extras. Did you watch anything? They are very scant. Yeah, but um, I rented it, and you know, so the beginning, like we talked about, there in the hot tub, <clears throat> you know, and then it just kind of they go their separate ways. The the girlfriend goes outside to do basically to get killed, and the <laughs> the, the um the boyfriend goes into the, to shower off the hot tub germs, is what I'm thinking, right? He's like getting all the gross off. No, of I think she kind of indicates that he needs to go clean that dick off for for, for, right. for later. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's in the shower and he hears a noise and he goes out and he sees his uh uh f- it would be fiance because he's about to propose to her she is scattered across the yard. She um, is the- a, it's a bloody mess in the snow. Right, she is not alive and later when the cops show up they that's what they they tell you that she is missing um her genitals. Yeah. Um and so she died hard. Yeah. And then they show later they show her hand being put into like a jar. You know.
2: Yeah, I, I honestly I thought they were, I thought they were gonna stumble across the vagina at some point. I was wondering how do you
0: how do you you know show that? Yeah, you're thinking it's gonna show back up at some point. Right. Yeah. And so um that's when we first meet our main character who is uh a little bit grossed up by the crime scene, but he's trying to gain control over um he he see his character in this well he's actually introduced for the first time we see him he's he's an aa he's talking about how he's an alcoholic mm-hmm. but then at this crime scene he's also trying to take control of the crime scene um and his uh coworkers aren't as serious as he is he's trying to take control of everything throughout this movie i know unsuccessfully
2: yeah uh, i kind of like the little group of uh of cops mm-hmm. there's a nice little dynamic there and well, it's, it's almost it's 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 sort of like club dread in a way or something like that where it's I mean the balance is a little bit less towards the comedy but it certainly right. has this like very light heightened tone when it comes to all this interaction
0: yeah I mean all the comedy comes just from his his character is kind of like a bull in the china shop a little bit right or or something so he's 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 definitely the focus of this movie not the werewolf yeah <laughs> You know, the werewolf is really almost causing less damage.
2: (laughs) Although we do see, like, I was very happy that in the second attack sequence, Mm -hmm. we see the creature full on. Right, it's very nice. It's a very nice shot. It's really cool. It's the photography in this is is really nice, and it's, you know, it's it's good that they didn't adhere to the old horror movie trope, because then once they do that, I think it makes it easier to watch the film because you're you're not waiting with bated breath to see the creature, it just becomes about the story at that point.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of times in werewolf movies, werewolf movies, they're always, the reveal's always pretty disappointing, I think. And it's usually like CGI or something. And, you know, you know, American uh, werewolf in London being the example that it kind of falls outside of that. But uh, yeah, this is, you're right, they, they, they show it early on, but then they don't really show it too much again, right? Spot on. Um, You're spot on. They show like some shoulder over the shoulder shots of some furry creature. And that's about it. After that, Um, we see it. in It's glory a few times. Yeah. And the, the monster kills very, uh, he's very savage. This monster. Except when, when he's not being, what do you
2: mean? Like when he can't get into a car. That's right. It's later. Yeah. He gets a little inept. But um, yeah. yeah, and then we meet, we, we see the reason that, there's two reasons that our policeman is in over his skis, as they say. Mm-hmm. He has an infirm father, played by the legendary Robert Forrester, who refuses to retire and has some health issues. And he's and a sheriff. And he's a sheriff, and it's stressing our guy out. He also is a part of a broken family, and his daughter, his relationship with his daughter is dog shit. And he's having difficulty dealing with her growing up. Yeah, so there, and then of course there's his own team. Like he feels like he's in a position of power at the at the police station, and he can't even wrangle those people into shape.
0: Mm-mm. He saw. Yeah, he, he's got like uh, at one point. There's one of the cops whispers to his partner. He said he's got ang- he's got anger issues, and and Jim Cummings. He goes, "What did you say?" He goes, "I said you have anger issues." He goes, "That's not what you said." He goes, "That's a, that's exactly what I said." You know, he's like he's whispering about the actual thing happening here. And so, um, yeah, I I thought they're going to play a little bit more with the idea that he wanted to be sheriff and his dad was kind of standing in his way, but it turns out he just kind of wants his dad to retire because he's worried about him. Um, it's not, it doesn't go that far that he's trying to kind of become the, the chief or the sheriff, you know, I mean, it's in the back of his mind a little bit, but he really just wants his dad to, to not be stressed on the job anymore and just retire you and then he's the only competent cop out of the bunch yeah. is ricky lindholm her character she's the one that kind of is follows the rules seems the smartest does the actual investigation you know has has uh empathy right yeah mm-hmm. and she you know she and she tolerates him well yeah she's trying to help him too and yeah. he can't he doesn't want anybody to help him really and so yeah, this movie as it progresses he he had, he is he has been um um he hasn't has dr- hasn't drank a drop for a couple years. But the stress of of these murders um there's like two in a row right up front get some drinking again. Yeah, well and one it, of it, them itself.
2: one of them well there's it's uh, I forgot
0: who the second murder is. Oh, it's that it's that, that that girl. So there's a woman working like a ski lodge or something and then she Yeah, she gets the classic thing where she's almost safe in her car and then hears a noise and then closes her car door and walks away from it. But the worst there's the worst is when there's that poor lady at the
2: diner with her kid, Mm -hmm. a a, a strange guy interacts with her and then she talks to the police. And then later on, which this this is when I knew this film wasn't exactly like
0: uh, it wasn't a formula
2: film Mm -hmm. because they slaughter her and her baby.
0: Yes, they do, or, or like two year old or something. Yeah, yeah. was so, not yeah. expecting.
2: Was not expecting that.
0: So and then Jim Cummings, like he, so, everybody starts to think that there's a monster in town, uh, except Jim Jim Cummings and Ricky Lindholm, and 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 he, he has a line in the trailer. I think is very funny when he scream. He he. What does he say? He says. Uh, everybody keeps thinking, bringing up the fact that this is a werewolf, and he keeps like. He keeps saying, it's a man, it's a man. And then later on, he says, why can't I ever be right? Love like, that. screams it.
2: <laughs> that scene.
0: That, why don't I ever get to be right?
2: That's, there's like a that. scene, like a one-take scene where he is at a crime scene, barking mm-hmm. orders, getting mad at the press, like all sorts of stuff. And it's a wonderful scene. Yeah. It's it's the best part of this movie, I think. It's, it's probably it? a two-minute sequence,
0: and he is just lighting everybody up. And it's really well done. Really funny scene. Is the is it the one? So there's a scene when um his one of the police guys <laughs> shouts werewolf, and then he turns around. And there's a news van, and they roll up their window and leave. Like that's yeah, all they wanted to the hear. Scene, yeah. And so he takes that guy, and they start to fight. Remember, he start to he takes him aside to kind of reprimand him, but they just start to fight each no, other. No, but the, and this the, one of the
2: other things I love about this movie is two people get fired, and that guy gets fired. And he recommends he go work for WikiLeaks. <laughs> I know because
0: he's the guy that says the werewolf. Right, that's right. <laughs> well, the other, another thing is after the next day, he he goes to this this meeting that he's late for, and there's a gift basket from the guy. Yep. And as like an amends or something, and then he pushes away and he fires him anyway. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's nice to get. Do you ever do that? Trying to make smooth things over, somebody, get him a gift basket. No. Be nice if you did. The problem is, I, d-
2: I probably don't smooth things over, and then my friends go away. <laughs> so, so you could have used maybe a gift basket basket yeah. in the past. Yeah. yeah. Although my luck, it would have Belial in it, and then they'd hate me even more.
0: Um, I you know, is it? It's always awkward to get a gift basket. I think of usually get them with um. Uh, like f- candy like fruit, candy hybrids. I've
2: got a definition of, of a fruit. Package. fruit on
0: sticks. yeah, someone gives you like one of
2: those things. They should call those things. Here's six of what you don't want and one of something you want. right. It's a good name right. for it. It's like it rolls off the tongue.
0: I mean there are those there, there are those like very expensive gift baskets like celebrities get that'll have like a PlayStation five in them or something Yeah, like, know, like- Derek Jeter would give to girls after he banged them. there'd be like a little gift
2: basket waiting for them the next day. gift baskets though? Yeah, what do they call that cheese with all the like crunchy shit around the outside of it? You don't know talk about' it's cheese with like covered with I the- do is it an orange cheese? It's a cheese, and then there's nuts on or, like surrounding it. That's like a gift basket staple. Yeah. I mean no one has ever really eaten in America, you know? Right. Or there's, you know, there's grapes and the bananas and all that. And then there's like a a shard of some weird fuck, you know, like a weird ass mm-hmm. a pot, like a little 50-piece puzzle. Yeah. Well, mm. we should do we should, you know, we should add to the end of the show is uh what's a good gift basket for this movie. <laughs> It's going to get to the point where the movie microscope is 11 minutes of talking about a film and an yeah. hour and 20 of us with our
0: little rundown at the end, doing the work. I can almost hear the audience salivating when we say it. Um, <clears throat> let me go through my notes. My notes, this is like the least amount of notes I've taken on a movie so far. How are your notes? It's less than a page. <clears throat> and so the when I start to investigate... These crimes, like I said, they think there might be a monster afoot, but you know, the couple of them the main characters think it's just a killer. Um Ricky Lindholm, she's at home eating ramen. She goes to her laptop. I noticed the cover. Okay. Like a wood grain sticker on it. What do you think? Do you ever decorate your laptop? I gotta be honest. Yes, I
2: actually do. I have mm-hmm. Godzilla on my MacBook. Um but
0: I I, I got Rebecca
2: Gayhart on mine. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't want to ever watch her eat ramen ever again, Ricky Lindholm. Yeah, why? It's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. Is it easy to
0: watch anybody eat ramen? No, probably
2: not. But I don't need to watch it. And honestly, I didn't even know she had a laptop in front of her. That thing distracted me so much. With the,
0: do you think in nine and a half weeks they cooked up some ramen? Yeah, yeah. Did uh did uh Mickey Rourke sexually strut over to the microwave? They put the "n" in ramen. Yeah, yeah. They, put the ram, they put the ram in
2: ramen. That's right. He actually helped it in there. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, um, so, okay, there, honestly, if you boil this film down, yeah, the, there, there is a monster element to it, and, and I like the design of the creature to an extent, although mm-hmm. in those special features, the more I saw of it, the less I liked it. But um, Well, the, there's
0: a newsflash for everybody that's seen the film. They give themselves an out on the werewolf. Do they? They do. How's that? Well, if I spoil the entire movie. It's not an actual werewolf. It is a man dressed up as a as a werewolf. They pulled the brotherhood of the wolf on us, didn't they? They totally did. They got they cast a tall actor. Well, I didn't even know was tall. Well, it's because he's hunched over all the times you see him. Yeah. And that, that's a pretty great scene we'll talk about at the end whenever he asks yeah. him to stand up straight and he gets disappointed when he's so tall.
2: Yeah, that's a very yeah. good scene. It reminds me of when, when it's, for some reason, it's like when in
0: Zodiac, <laughs> when they go to Charles Fleischer's house. It's uh, I think it's modeled after that in Science of the Lambs. He, because he, he referenced both those movies as inspirations to this movie. There you go.
2: You notice he does some weird time cutting in the first half of this movie.
0: He does, yeah. Where,
2: where he's like at a funeral and all of a sudden, you know, the person doesn't even die. Like he does a lot of stuff with the time. And I don't know if that's just to keep people interested or, or or to give it an element of like just his, his mindset, how he's scattered or whatever. It took me out of it a little bit, but then I kind of got
0: into the flow. Well, I think it's supposed to be, he, he, they keep showing him at, at funerals, like different funerals. And I think he, that's kind of pointing you to the fact that he's going to start drinking soon. Remember they keep showing the microwave for, you don't know why. The, you know, a couple of shots of the microwave when he's stressed out. And then he finally goes behind the microwave or above it. And there's some hidden beer, right? There's also a scene where, uh, his, the victims, uh, sort of appear, uh,
2: yeah. in American world, you know, sort of, I had to be like a little homage to
0: that. Right. They're, but, they're, but they don't, it's not, it, you know, it's just pretty quick flashes, you know, they don't interact with him. Um, they'd mentioned Ricky Tiki Tabby in this. They do love that movie. Yeah. Um he fights the coroner with this the, coroner, the coroner's a dick. He gets fired. <laughs> he gets fired later. Yeah. But not before they come to blows. He uh, slaps him. It's this he slaps the guy. It's, there's some funny slaps in this movie actually. There is, yeah. And you know, the, the another thing about his character that he's so he's grossed out by the crime scenes. Like he doesn't every, anytime anybody's talking about in too too much detail about how fu- how fucked up the corpses are. He winces like he, did, you know. There's a scene where he pulls the his sheeta the like the third victim up, and he's just he like screams like he's just he can't handle the gore. Yeah, um, which I thought was pretty interesting. He does a lot
2: of weird stuff with his lower jaw. Did you catch that? His jaw. It didn't he does a lot of wiggling with his
0: jaw, and it it's not great. He fall. It, they did a scene of this where he's so drunk that he he falls in the weirdest way. He falls. <laughs> He opens the oven as he falls and then smashes the glass in it and then rolls off of it, which I thought was a pretty interesting stunt, actually. And it reminded me of Garden State. Remember the movie Garden State? How do I forget it? Do you remember why it would remind me of that? No. All right. So Zach Braff's character, his mom dies in that movie. And he had, when he was a kid, he accidentally hit her and knocked her into the dishwasher and paralyzed her. Do you remember this? Yeah, vaguely. And so that's kind of, it kind of reminded me of Garden State. I always thought that was such a, maybe not such a great film, but that
2: film um, got
0: me. That, that, the explanation stayed with
2: me. That yeah. film introduced me to a band that I love, though. So, The Shins? No, fuck no. Who? Zero Seven? I don't, I just remember The Shins. From yeah, that movie. No, they talk about The Shins, but no, the Zero Seven is actually one of their songs is in the movie. They don't actually, it's part of the soundtrack. They don't, um, he doesn't bring attention to it.
0: James Bond's favorite band. Come on now. Super zoom. Um, so, and so, then, okay. so then they start, you No, know, they start to like, you know, you're starting to think, okay, what is this thing killing people? Cause you see these scenes of these, of these poor women uh, fighting back, uh, you know, against these animalistic attacks. And then they always cut to their, you know, they're there. They cut to their, you know, the next day when they're either uh, splattered across the crime scene or in the morgue, um, But then they cut to this strange figure doing drugs in the wilderness, who's got a werewolf tattoo, right? And he's, uh, and he's there's a naked butt in a bunch of twigs. He's lighting on fire, which I thought was strange. Yeah, a naked person. There was legs too and other stuff too, but a big old butt. Okay, and I, you know, so then you're like, okay, this is the killer, right? Well, he Um, he obviously isn't a great guy. No, but he's a. He's not the guy, I guess. He reminded me of um, what's his name, Christian uh, Kane. That guy okay. a little bit, right? They don't ever really show his face. Yeah, maybe once when he dies of a drug overdose. Yeah, he's he's the uh, he's the patsy basically for this,
2: you know. And and, and he and, is. And obviously, the, it becomes less about the mystery. There's it, it's funny because the film veers between ultra, ultra silly truly uh, like effective emotional stuff mm-hmm. and some really interesting slapstick stuff.
0: The milk scene in particular got me good. Right. So his, eventually his daughter gets attacked cause she's out making out with her boyfriend in a car. The werewolf uh, almost kills them and he stops it. But um, yeah. So then he finds out that the, what that the, his daughter has been taking pictures of herself sending to this guy. So he drunkenly, <laughs> The worst costume, yeah. What does he have to disguise his looks, face? Like is it underwear? It looks like a some like half a pillowcase. I don't know what it is. It's like boxers or something, and then he starts attacking this kid. And the mom is fighting him off until she realizes it's his uh her son's girlfriend's dad, and then she just starts yelling at her son. Like, what did you do? You know, why is he here? You must have done something horrible. But doesn't
2: he get pepper sprayed?
0: He does before that before she realizes who he is. She she maces both. Him and her son. Yeah. And then there's and then, a scene where he
2: goes to the fridge mm-hmm. and pulls in. He's doing, he's got to be doing a Bruce Campbell in some of this stuff. Like the scene where he throws himself into the oven is sort of Bruce Campbell-esque. And when he throws right. the milk on himself, it's, it's very Jim Carrey or, or
0: Bruce Campbell-esque too, the way he does it. So over the top, but funny as hell. I think that's, effect. I think that's actually a tactic too, whenever you've been maced. I think if you put milk in your eyes or something, right? That, that but helps. but not that was that was he, he, that was a lot of eye milk. Oh, no, I agree with you. I'm just saying. I think that's yeah. actually based on some kind of um some kind of thing. Yeah, um, that scene and
2: the scene where the librarian wakes wakes him up are the two funniest.
0: I scenes. thought you would love that scene. The one he the so he's researching uh werewolves. He's where he's researching crimes or. I guess he that, at that point he is actually wer- researching werewolves in the library. Werewolves, and uh he falls asleep, starts having these horrible dreams, and the librarian wakes him up. And what does he say to him?
2: He screams "Fuck you!" But that whole sequence
0: is hilarious because then he he kind of chastises the uh, librarian in a way. Yeah, he it, screams it, "Fuck you" to him, and then he reprimands him for waking him up and says he could have been killed. Yeah, that's a good scene. That's really funny. Of course, and that's kind of what the 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 appeal of this movie is just stuff like that. Just, it, it's kind of like Dignan from bottle rocket. If, if he was like, that's who he, this guy reminds me of a little bit. Um, just that kind of awkwardness, you know, false bravado, that kind of stuff. But this, this guy's a lot more damaged <laughs> in a way.
2: Well, and and it's, it's so over the top that you don't really feel it. You know, it doesn't have as much effect during some right. of those scenes, but when Robert Forster's character falls ill and there's a scene where his daughter and his father are in the hospital together, um, he comes into the room later to try to, you know, bond with his daughter or uh, make her feel better. And we reveal an empty bed next to her. That's kind of really, that's a sweet little moment.
0: It is. And he's crushed. I mean, he, his dad, he loves his dad. So, and you know, this movie it's, it's, there's at no point in this movie is he really playing the hero. He's always kind of just doing the wrong thing and just, you know, fucking up Um, at the end. He, even at the end, really. So I think that they had an interview with him and and said that he, there's a scene in this that they had to take out that said it made his character too unlikable. And then somebody said, isn't he supposed to be unlikable? (laughs) And he goes, and, and he just smiled like the the guy that wrote this. So what the scene was, yeah, so there's a scene at the end with uh, Ricky Lindholm's character and she's kept giving him a pep talk and she said if you want to be sheriff, you need to start acting like it and she kind of touches his uh, thigh to uh, kind of reassure him that, you know, because he's so despondent and all, all this stuff is, this bad stuff ha- has happened and and you know, he did, they didn't get the guy, he just remember the, the, the guy, this is when the drug, the guy overdosed on drugs, that's the suspect they thought was the killer and so the scene they cut out is he he just yells at her he takes her hand away and he says get your goddamn hands off me and he leaves so they made him take it they wanted him to take it out and he said i love that i love that reaction i love that scene but they uh, no
2: i'll give the movie credit for every character is different than you would expect to some extent the his daughter is pretty sexualized and she's very confident and she sort of leads the way when it comes to the romantic stuff with her boyfriend the um the boyfriend that's girlfriend gets killed brienne gets killed at the beginning there's an interesting scene where they go to his house later on where he kind of loses it a little bit and uh, i like that because there's there's a part of it where in the early scenes he's drinking rose wine he's wearing a sweater he's coming off as a very you know he looks like a beefcake but he's sort of you know kind of a modern man in that respect and then when they go to his house he kind of breaks down with his mom there.
0: Yeah, well he yells at the cops cuz he's sick of being interviewed. It's that cliché, right? Stop interviewing me. I didn't do it. You are not He's yelling at the cops they haven't caught the killer yet and then he just breaks down. Yeah, it is a it's a good scene. And then they have, um,
2: they have a mustachioed cop who's sort of there for comic relief and he doesn't there's no like come and then he gets injured.
0: He gets he gets destroyed. He gets yeah, bent, so he gets bent weird. He does. He doesn't make it. But you know, I think one of the problems I had with the movie other than like I said I liked it but I, I feel like it doesn't spend enough time on some of those kind of side characters because, you know, the main character just takes up all the energy, which is fine. I, I like that about the movie. It's just that there's a couple moments like with the killer at the end that you're kind of like, you know, they could have built his character up a little bit. And at the end, it's, it's almost like you feel like you're just getting introduced to him for the first time. He's like in a lineup earlier in the film.
2: You know, I think the movie, the movie, if I remember correctly, it was like an hour and 18 minutes when the credits started rolling.
0: Out. Is it? It's a, yeah, it's pretty so, short.
2: I, I think I think he I think there's an element where it, it would wear out its welcome. You know, I would have I would have liked for a little bit more of the wolf stuff and the yeah. kind of the kind of tacked on thing with the taxidermist being this guy who dresses up and doing this crazy shit. Yeah, that's uh, the it, killer. It, happen- yeah. it happens kind of late, yeah. Uh, yeah. and and it's
0: it's a it's I like I, that
2: scene. A I lot. like the
0: scene too. I I feel like I just wish they would have planted like some. You know, they, they had him in some scenes before, but they didn't highlight him, which is on purpose, I imagine. It just kind of at the end, it just I think it kind of loses a step because they didn't do more with his character. I think before. it depends on what it really wants to be. Does it want
2: to be a mystery? Because mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think I don't think, I don't
0: think it does. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't.
2: So you said you wanted to talk about that scene, though.
0: Oh, I just I like that scene because they know that they're looking for someone tall. Like they know because a lot of the people that have seen this creature have noted it that it's very tall. And so that's one of the things they were looking at in town is trying to, who's tall in town. Actually the woman that at the, that the diner said that the guy that kind of harassed her in a hoodie was tall. Remember she called the police cause he weirded her out. Right. She ends up dead later. But, um, so they're looking for someone tall and that's what I liked at the end. He's just kind of giving evidence back to people that they suspected. Like he's, he's that's, he's going through this shore of, um, just giving evidence back to victims or people that they were investigating and the last stop is this taxidermist and he just you know he's having coffee with the guy and the guy's being weird but he's just tired at that point jim Cummings, you know character he just does he's not paying attention to any clues and and ricky lindholm at this point her character kind of knows that there's that she's kind of pieced it together that they didn't they don't have the killer yet but right, he doesn't right there's that. a little tool that they see in these books and then that tool shows up at one of the evidence scenes. So you see her figure that out, but he's just kind of going about his day doing basically doing paperwork almost like, you know, it and, almost uh, feels
2: like 12 step stuff too. Like he's going to going out to the people that he needs to make a Right. With, to some extent. Yeah, or exactly. Like if, to me.
0: It does. I think it's supposed to feel that way. So he ends up with this. He's tired. He's the guy wants to talk to him about the murders and he just doesn't really want to talk about it. And he's not picking up on any of these like these clues that this guy's putting off some, these weird vibes and he goes to leave and he starts to, you could see him start to piece it together. And that's one of, that's why I liked he turned around he knocks on the the door and he asks the guy to stand up straight. Cause he realizes the guy has been kind of just crouching the whole time when he talks to him. Yeah. And then when he stands up straight, he's huge.
1: Yeah, And, and then,
0: then he, he looks, like, as I said, he looks so disappointed, like he has to fight this guy now. And
1: it's
2: funny, because I thought he gets mortally wounded immediately in that scene. Like, he jumps to the window in another Bruce Campbell-esque kind of thing. <laughs> right. and, and then they, they they grapple. The guy stabs him in the tum, and he's holding him up. I, I was like, man, they're, they're going to kill off their dude. Um, and then, you know, obviously it escalates. And, I, and and then they chase this dude out in the forest and Ricky Lindholm
0: shows up. And I like that scene, too. That's a great scene. You know that's the thing is so he gets Nick's right. He gets stabbed and he looks. And it's it's brutal, and um, and then he the, the killer hears the cop the sirens coming, so he flees. He you know leaves the you know our our the main character just bleeding on the ground leaves. Um, the chase ensues and Ricky Lindholm's the one that shoots him, but Jim Cummings finishes the job. Yeah, the job. yeah. He, he he shoots him like three times in the face. Yeah, he does not enjoy. Does not enjoy. <laughs> But, you know, it's... And it's kind of like, you know, throwback to the old, you know, the old, like, old, old werewolf movies. I thought that shot when he sh- they show the body, you know, um, I don't know if that's intentional or not. But I to go back to our, the premise of our show where we zoom in, Nick, I noticed at one point when he's drunk, Jim Cummings and his daughter's, like, taking him up the stairs uh, to put him in bed. He tries to fall asleep on the stairs. <laughs> which, I th- which I thought was... Why not? You know, have you ever fallen asleep on like uh, stairs? I've uh, been tired on stairs, like just going up or down, and just like, took a break.
2: You know, have ever have ever have ever been so tired? Like you're going up on all fours rather than walking. Mm-hmm. I've been like that when I was a kid.
0: One thing about this character being human as opposed to a monster, it made me rethink the murders. And they're a lot more horrific when you realize it's a, a man doing this to women. I mean, it's awful. Yeah. It's a lot of, you know, when, it's, when you think it's just a savage beast, like a bear, a like creature, or obviously a werewolf, you know, removed vaginas are a little bit more forgivable. You know, not in this case. It also anymore.
2: begs the question, where is he keeping all of his tools? I like that. Or what are, or what are his tools? He's got all these removal tools, like the taxidermy tools.
0: I guess so, yeah.
2: Cuz you see his 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 taxidermy room and there's all sorts of shit there, including a head. Yeah. But um the uh does the werewolf show up with like a little medical bag? He's like walking around with a little cute bag, knapsack or something. Puts it down and then pretends he's a scary cuz it seems like this guy's a killer. Maybe don't wear the wolf costume, just kill people.
0: He must just have like lots of the stuff embedded in his costume. But you're right, I at no point did they show has there ever been a movie that featured a werewolf with a backpack? besides Teen Wolf? Did they, even Teen Wolf have a backpack? There's a Teen Wolf reference in this movie, zoom in. I know there is. Didn't need it. Um You didn't you didn't need it, didn't huh? It.
2: Speaking yeah. of liquor, Core's product placement throughout the movie.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Which is not really liquor. It's, it's so at one point he takes out his tooth. Of course he
0: does it reminds reminded me a little bit of Mad Dog and Glory, of course. Of course. We just did. We just zoomed had a tooth removal scene. Yeah, I don't know why his tooth came out. Was it a stress? So it's stress. When his tooth came out, I started to think are they trying to let maybe hint at the fact that maybe he's the killer? Did you ever think that? No. That he might be the killer? No, cuz remember the scene where he he's shooting at the werewolf. So yeah, I know, I know that, but I before that happened, I wondered if maybe they were kind of setting it up that he was because he was acting like a crazy person. Throughout right, that. but that would have been awful, so I'm glad they didn't
2: go down that route. See, I like the idea of maybe there still is a werewolf, mm-hmm. and that guy was dressing up as one, but there really was one too.
0: This is a, also the... <laughs> yeah, well, hey, the sequel, right? Um, this is the kind of movie, I think, when you if you watch it again, and I, I kind of regret not buying it, because I think there's a lot of funny things in it that would hit you later. Like There's a scene where he goes to uh, to the... One of the victims' offices, and they're talking to, like, the office manager or her boss or something, and they listen to a call from the killer, like he left. Remember? Yep. And he just, you know, Ricky Lindholm is asking her actual questions, and he's over there, like, correcting, like, he listens to the message and he starts correcting the guy's grammar, and then he just unplugs the phone and takes it with him, yeah. like it's like it's evidence or something. Yeah. And like, there's little things like that. I think that are pretty funny. That that would resonate maybe on a a second watch. Um,
2: And you know, it's funny too. It's nice to see Robert Forster lighten, lighten up. Like he, he, because he's so used to playing these kind of guys that are on the edge or guys that are uh, men Mm -hmm. of action or whatever. And his character, he has some really bubbly kind of fun moments. Like his, a couple of scenes with him and his son where he's being a funny Robert Forster.
0: Yeah, he's like bickering about him, t- talking about how his condition isn't too bad and right. downplaying his health issues. Um, yeah, and it's one—I think I don't know if it's his last movie or at least one of his last movies, obviously. Um, but one of a kind guy. I mean, he was—he was so great and stuff. Legend. So, Absolute legend. Um, what did you think of this guy's bruised thumb? His his thumbnail. I yeah, I don't know why we have to keep saying it. That bother you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it either. I don't
2: like when you got blood under your thumb. It's a nice piece of makeup, though. I don't think it was. I think he
0: actually did it, I, huh?
2: I think he was. I think he highlighted it because he wanted to show how hard he works. You know.
0: You so you think
2: that that was real? Yeah. I think he heard himself doing a stunt or doing whatever, and he's like, "Man, I'm a, I'm so, I'm I do everything in this film. I even have a th- blood thumb. You know." He probably us some something- makeup credit for that shit.
0: We're going to have to figure out if that's one thing we should have figured out ahead of time. Was that a fake nail or the real thing? Real deal. Is there any IMDb trivia for this movie? It's two Mm -hmm. entries and they're not worth reading. Okay. Kind of fun. I like this movie. I'd recommend it, but it's also a movie. I think that they kind of bill as a horror movie. If you watch the trailer with some comedic elements, but it's really more of a character thing. I think people might be disappointed if they're looking for a, a horror film. But pretty good, though. Recommend it. You know what would be a good name for a horror film? Hmm. Below Her
2: Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be good. All right, let's do the work, man. All right. So you're at the Tattoo Parlor.
0: I love that term, parlor. It's such a cute word. When you think- Is that your favorite... Uh, um, it's Twitter alternative as well. <laughs> uh, you think
2: of like the best is pizza parlor.
0: Yeah, so cute. It is yeah. cute. And it's it's misleading. Ice cream parlor, right? Yeah. What other parlors are there? Oh man, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. There aren't. Is it? Does it go to salon at some point when it gets non-food? Like what? What's the What's the dividing line? I don't know. Yeah. Why not pizza salon? Why not ice cream salon? Why not hair parlor? Why not call a whorehouse an intercourse parlor?
2: Yeah, well, I'm, maybe some have. Yeah. So you're there anyway. <laughs> and uh, tattoo shop, His needle yeah. is w- whisking around and he's begging you. He's pleading with you to finally let him ink your skin. Because you're sitting there and just looking at him. And just right. the, he's using electricity on that little buzz machine. Mm-hmm. And you've been just like, you know, you've been pulling a tantric waiting exercise with him. What are you going to get put on your body? I don't
0: know. What about you? Do you have, have you thought of anything? My entire back is going to be done
2: like a Hieronymus Bosch tableau. Uh, right of hell oh wow yeah yeah and, I know what you're talking about yeah it's just hell everywhere well that's the yeah and so it, it's the flames and there's minions and there's all sorts of weird creatures and at the bottom of hell at the bottom we see all the victims like they're all down there with Robert forster and they're like they're just all sitting around they're like sitting in a in a semicircle right you know just waiting <laughs> yeah that's it It opens up an ass load of questions when people see me in the, in the buff. And they're like, first of all, why did you commit this amount of, this is like a, you know, $20,000 tattoo. And then why is, why is Robert Forster at the crest of your ass crack sitting bow legged?
0: The best is the tattoo artist as he's working on you and, like the horror music starts playing in the background. And he starts looking and he realizes this would be your third Robert Forrester tattoo. <laughs> What's his obsession? Yeah, I got medium cool on the knuckle.
2: And I got, you know, and the weirdly enough, I've got his character from his character, his I've got his character from firewall on my knee. Episode, firewall? episode
0: 134. He's in Firewall? Oh, yeah. With uh, Paul Bettany? And Vince Velouf? And, and Bob Patrick? You and I have talked about this movie earlier. Yeah. Um, did you know that Robert Forster was in it at the time? I did not. I Who's the, who's the wife in it? Who's Forrester's wife? Virginia it? Madsen. Is she? How do you know so much about this movie? I watched the trailer for it today. <laughs> <laughs> After we talked about it. So now I was just
2: looking at Robert Forrester's... Uh, you know i was thinking about it i was like what movies does he have out there that i haven't watched in a while and then i saw firewall and it was like everything had kind of come full circle for me as a person
0: i love it so my tattoo i'd say i'd i'd come right i'd be right after you this guy do his heronimus bosch and i'd be standing in line it's my turn now and this guy's his his, his little tattoo wrist is hurting but it's not break time you know yeah And he goes, what do you want, sir? And he kind of pointed me to like the framed pictures on the wall. I go, forget that. I want you to open this. uh, Go to your phone and type in uh, IMDB, the Wolf of Snow Hollow. It's like, all right. And I say, click on full cast. He opens it up. I go, I want all those names on my back. (laughs) And every one of them, I want a different font. And he'd say, all right. I mean, that's a lot of names. Yeah, I go, not as many as usual because this is a low-budget production. He's like, do you want me to put music by Ben Lovett on here? I was like, of course. What about cinematography by Natalie Kingston? Yes. Everything. And then, and then uh, you look and
2: there's another tab on his browser um, and it was he is going to go get his GED because he fucked up. What do you mean? He's in the wrong business if he's tattooing credits from Wolf Hollow on somebody's back. So he is... You just saved that man's life. He, he leaves the parlor. Does He breaks the key off in the lock. He goes <laughs> and gets his GED.
0: You know why he's so mad? Why? Because he's like, this is the third fucking time this week I had a tattoo this page on somebody's back. Yeah. You know, I'm sick of it. I've gotten good at it. Yeah. But I'm tired of it. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I would do. So, you've been given the financing to do a sequel
2: to The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Well, I spent some serious money. Yeah? Yeah. I went and got some famous actors that are in their prime and uh, did a sequel to this. Yeah. So, I want you to look at the movie marquee. Ice Cube, (laughs) Natasha Henstridge, Jim Cummings. Wow. Wolf of Mars. (laughs) So... They're on Mars, Mm -hmm. Big Daddy Mars is nowhere to be found, but the wolf shows up. So our team is forced with Jim Cummings who somehow wound up in space to take on this existential threat. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, then Big Daddy Mars shows up and he teams up with the wolf. So it's our three heroes against the wolf and Big Daddy Mars on Mars. Jason Statham could not be reached for comment. What was Ice Cube's name in the movie? It Was like Rampage, so, Furiousness, or something? He's got some fancy name. That's it. Okay.
0: Pam Grier in there. Yep. Chloe. What's her name? Clea her? Duvall. Clea Duvall. Yeah. New, new, fresh, fresh director. She's like got a new movie coming up. Good for her. Clea Duvall she's beheaded in that film. I was, she's not in this. Beheaded in um. Uh, there's a beheading in this film. Yes. And a vagina ing. Right. Yeah, so do you ever this movie, like um, it's kind of based on Fargo, this woman that in Fargo, Steve Buscemi's character hides that money in the snow, like all the money in a briefcase in the snow. And he puts like a ice scraper to market. Remember that's like a famous. Of so there's a an action. This is a movie based on this, but it's based on a true story. Of this, I, I think a woman from Japan can't went to and try to find that money. Like it was a real, like a true thing. Like try to find that. Like, it was buried treasure. And so I would do the same thing, except it would be... Uh, and, and that woman ended up passing away, by the way. It was, like, a very strange story. But I think that they did a movie on it. So I'd do the same type of movie, except they'd be looking for the lost vagina. <laughs> you know, in this film. And I could, and, and I could see why. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because it... Uh, she she needs it. She did I think it'd be great if uh, they do find it at the end and then they have a smaller
0: tombstone next to her tombstone. And there's more flowers on that one, sadly. That's right. Well, I mean. Mm -hmm. So you have been added into the feature. Oh, man. Yeah, you're in
2: there. Yeah. What, What shape does your role take in this movie? I'm a rival taxidermist. Oh, yeah. Except I'm not involved in murder but I am weird. Uh, so what I've done is I, I cat, you know, I've got all these animals that people bring in. Mm-hmm. I capture my own and I have just hoarded them. I've got like a bank vault of animal, you know? So what I've done is I've taken all these cute d- destroyed beings and I've created like a chitty, chitty bang, bang machine. It's just, it's all animal. It's a, it's an animal jalopy. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And I putter around town in it, you know, so I'm, you see like, I've got like, you know, I've got fox tires, like just t- tires made of little f- fox meat. And, you know, the windshield is actually the retinas of everything. You know, it's just this cute machine. You know, every single part is made from dead. Mm-hmm. And I ride around in it, it's stinking ass and just smiling. You know, like, whisper, you know, I eject a, a, a CD from like a, the ass of a deer, you know. <laughs> I do know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I shift gears with like a foot, the foot of a, or the hoof of something, you know? Yeah. Glove compartments made out of a squirrel, you know? Right. I, I get a flat, I get a flat of one of the, fo- you know, this tire is made out of foxes and I have a jack made out of the the femur of a, of a moose. You know, I crank the car up, you know, and I, and I change the
0: tire with another meat that I've got, you know, it's great. I'm fucking freaking out. Well, you're freaking out everybody in town riding around your animal vehicle and your animal car. Is it like a big car? Yeah, it's a full size. Yeah. You fit a kayak in there. <laughs> and there's a there's a bumper sticker that says, "If you can read this, you're too close." Why would it? What would why what would be the bump the reason for that bumper sticker? Just so you have a normal bumper sticker, exactly. <laughs> the, the brings, <laughs> yeah, just so they know that it's it's a it's street legal. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Would you have a vanity plate, like a vanity license plate? Yeah. What?
2: I'd say uh, I was great in Action Jackson.
0: <laughs> so I'd be, my character would be, a, uh, I'd work at the fire department. I'd be a fireman. Okay. Those, so are, the, I'd be those the, are the best people that work there. So I'd be at the fire station as all this stuff was happening, right? You know, on the sofa with my legs kicked up on the table, reading the paper, the entire length of the film. Like, I'd just be doing stuff in the fire station and I'd hear about the murders, and people would be kind of freaking out. But I was like, Oh, the body's on fire? No. Is there, are they aflame? Are they aflame? I get like panicked. Are they, af- are they burning? <laughs> and then someone would say no. I was like, All right. And I'd just go back making some coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't get involved, Nick. Yeah. And they would have to. What they do is they keep cutting
2: back at your Candy Crush score, and your guy is a, he's
0: he's limiting out man he's killing it and uh you know like the, the they cut from the police sirens to me dusting the sirens like you know windexing them using your windex to make them you know just keeping everything spick and span in that in the, the fire station so you've been yeah. given the financing
2: to do your own product tied into the wolf of snow hollow a mm-hmm. big one to be a theme park could be yeah. whatever yeah I've got hy- hydraulic milk, so it's a milk carton that has a uh, you know it projectiles the milk out when you open mm-hmm. the cap. It's like a super powered, like right. a, like like a fire hydrant speed. Like you blow your face skin, like you're like Rambo in the shower. You know, mm-hmm. actually that's 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 it says on the, on the bottle it says you, you know the Rambo shower model. You know.
0: Oh yeah, 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 of course.
2: So you open up and the milk just completely is you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's your product. Is it? That's it. That's it. Completely is you. And so I would, I you know, I think this this actually makes sense compared to my other stuff. Not making much sense, but um, I would do a Halloween costume based on the Wolf of Snow Hall and say, you know. You know the wolf of the wolf of Snow Hollow Halloween costume on this huge bag on you hanging like you know you could hang at like um, Spirit Halloween, where they'd have like maybe a costume from you know Tom Cruise the Mummy. You know they always have these yeah, the costumes for movies that you don't think are would ever have costumes, right? Right. Yeah. So you buy that sucker and you bring it home. You unzip uh, this bag and you're looking through all the plastic and stuff and you just, there's just one little thing in it. And it's a, it's a hat. It's a black half moon that you can put on your thumb <laughs> to make your thumb bruised. So then you'd be dressed up as Jim Cummings character in this movie.
2: How expensive probably like 20, 30 bucks. I,
0: I put, I think it was like, I'd say 49, 49 99. But after Halloween is when you go get that costume. Cause it's 50% off. Right. Right. Do they
2: merchandise that um, with all the uh, film tie-in costumes? Of course. Yeah, like the executive decision line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The flying Seagal? No, no, just uh, David Suchet in his you know, in his
0: uh, businessman clothing. <laughs> is, he, is he in that movie? He's a villain. He's an executive decision? Yeah. Yeah. Is it David Suchet or Suchet? I'm going to say Suchet. Sh- sh- sh-
2: TV's pro row. Yeah, so if you were to add a post credit stinger to the Wolf of Snow Hollow, what would it be? Mm. Glad, I Glad I brought it up. Glad I reminded you. So the camera pan- goes to the taxidermist's now abandoned house.
0: Because mm-hmm.
2: you notice he wasn't wearing the head when he confronted our hero. Well, that head turns out is a werewolf. Just the head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a werewolf head and the full moon happens and it. It it's, it's laying there growling, looking around, you know, mm-hmm. until dawn. And then it goes back to being just, you know, useless. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. How about the, my, my post credit scene is that the, they leave the, the scene after they kill the werewolf guy where Jim, come and shoots him in the face twice, I think at least five, three, two or three times. And then they leave. And then that guy just gets up. <laughs> He's fine. He's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, that's good. Yeah. We'll keep that in there.
2: <laughs> so you're on an Island. You've, you've accumulated vast debris over the years. Sure. And you need to bring it home with uh, the Wolf of Snow Hollow. You, you, you know, you've added so many different things throughout the years. What are you going to put there from this flick?
0: That's such a good question. Well, at one point he, the, 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 the guy at the beginning, the boyfriend at the beginning, he's kind of out of a corkscrew and he does something very interesting to open a bottle of wine. He uses a chopstick. He, he pokes it. He slams it with his, the palm of his hand. He pushes the cork into the wine. Yes. Yeah. He thinks outside the box. So I'd take that. Maybe I'd take the chopstick. It's a pretty sturdy chopstick that can do something like that. I can think of some things I can do with that on the island. I take that. I take that chopstick, that hero chopstick from this film. Nice. What about you? I'm going to take his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so I'm, yeah, she is. She is. Uh, college age in this film at least yeah. Nick it's not that well, it's creepy but it's not it's no, creepy,
2: I, I'm going to take the most delightful thing in this film mm-hmm. I'm going to take that cotton candy swirl of loose wispy delight that was on top of Robert Forster's head that little it, cotton candy cotton candy swirl
0: of hair on Robert Forcer's famously fighting baldness uh, through a large part of his career um, and then you know, can you know talked about it in Jackie Brown. Tarantino wrote a little, nice little uh, mention of it, Jackie Brown, where he talks about that based on his true life, his insecurity around it. Huh. But yeah, I mean, he, you're right. I did notice his his little cute little strands up there.
2: Yeah, I um, love,
0: I love. It reminded me of cotton candy as they're making it.
2: You know, the cone. They got the guys w- moving the cone around. It's grabbing like little spider webs or like attaching to it. As he swirled. Yes.
0: Yeah, and that's Robert. Yeah, I have that. It's a lovely tribute. <laughs> um, you missed Robert Forrester, huh? I, I missed a daylight Saturday. Forrester. I mean, yeah. Star which of Alligator. F- I know, which I have never seen. John Sales, Yep. Wrote. Louis Teague directed. Yeah.
2: He, um, I mean, it was great when Tarantino dug him back
0: out and helped him get back into the world. Carantino really like I mean, gave him a fresh career. Like he was in a lot of stuff and never stopped working since Jackie Brown. It just um, sucks that
2: uh, I had to change my porn name when he used him in that movie. What do you mean, Max Cherry? <laughs>
1: For celebration You gotta keep it on ice Baby In the meantime We'll ride this Thursday I'll pour you a drink From their sherry cask The wolves fed me But it's not the same Their howls approximated my name But it's all a game and I'm the game They still have an eight and I look like a steak I've got an open wound and it's leaking This drink'll help, I hope it'll help The fire's preaching for them to stay away So let's have a sip, a mighty old sip The wolves spared me but it's not the same Their howls approximated my name but it's all a game, and I'm the game They still have an ate, and I look like a steak This is no time for celebration And if the weather doesn't hold, I'm a goner I'll just lean where the paint doesn't hit me And pour you a drink from the sherry cans I see their glowing eyes in the forest, I use my last bits of my energy, pour you a drink from their sherry cask. The wolves fed me, but it's not the same, their howls approximated my name, but it's all the game, and I'm the game They still have an ate and I look like a steak Their cries are much louder than our drinking This gulp will help, I hope it'll help The fumes are daring them to stay at bay So let's have another, and maybe another The wolves spared me, but it's not the same Their howls approximated my name but it's all a game and I'm the game They still have not an 8 and I look like a steak This is no time for celebration You gotta keep it on ice, baby In the meantime, we'll ride this Thursday I'll pour you a drink from this sherry case